Hi, this is Pastor Robert Blanchard from Lansing First United Methodist Church here in Lansing, Michigan. I just want to take a moment to thank you for checking out our sermon podcast. And if you want to learn more about what we do here at Lansing First, or you want to support us in our mission of going deep, reaching out, and loving Lansing, you can do so online at lansingfirst.org. Thanks. Our third scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he, Jesus, entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Just then, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Author of life, we thank you for your word and we ask that your spirit would be with us this morning to transform us in heart and mind and soul. Amen. The Gospel of Mark hits the ground running and doesn't slow down. Just a few weeks ago, we heard how this book begins with the baptism of Jesus by John in the River Jordan. Mark doesn't have time to spend on a genealogy or an infant narrative, and instead throws us straight into the action. This week, we aren't even 20 verses later in the same chapter, and in those intervening 17 verses, Jesus already spent 40 days in the wilderness. John the baptizer was arrested. Jesus started his ministry and has already called his first four disciples, Simon and his brother Andrew, and the sons of Zebedee, James and John. And all of this urgency is reflected in the text as well. Jesus tells Simon and Andrew to follow him, and immediately they drop their nets to follow when he sees James and John, he calls out to them immediately, and, the fo and they follow without any hesitation. Mark is about action, and when Jesus speaks, his words produce results. So now, we see Jesus arriving in the city of Capernaum with his first disciples. He goes to the synagogue and starts teaching people, 
And because things happen when Jesus speaks, the people are astonished by his teaching. They can tell that this is a teacher who has authority, real authority. They start to say to one another, this teacher isn't like the scribes. There's, there's something different about him. You see, the scribes might have known the right things to say, and they might know how to play the game well in order to survive in the temple hierarchy, but they're lacking the authentic connection with the divine that gives Jesus his authority. And then as Jesus is teaching and the people are being amazed, someone else enters into the synagogue. There's a man who is possessed by an unclean spirit. And this rebellious spirit that lives within him must have heard about this new teacher with authority and come to seek him out. What happens next may not look all that interesting as words on the page, but it is nothing less than a battle between this unclean spirit and Jesus. There have been attempts in the modern era to rationalize or literalize the appearance of supernatural beings in Scripture. There are those who would try to explain how this spirit is really some type of mental illness or disease. But these interpretations fall short of the ancient understandings of these texts, and these interpretations can do real damage to people who have mental illnesses or disease. They try to reduce Jesus down to something too small for the word made flesh. Instead, Early authorities in the church recognized that this confrontation between Christ and an unclean spirit is symbolic of the battle that we face every day. For them, this is a struggle about truth and love. So we are going to go through this confrontation step by step to see how this battle is playing out. First, The unclean spirit comes to find this teacher who's catching the attention of the people in the synagogue. Then, in an opening salvo, the spirit asks, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? The spirit seeks to put Jesus on the defensive right away. This spirit is attempting to control Jesus by claiming that Jesus has no authority in this situation. But what's interesting is that even in this very first statement, the Spirit already acknowledges who Jesus is. The Spirit knows the truth about this Jesus of Nazareth, and so it seeks to disarm Jesus. In front of the whole crowd, the Spirit has essentially said, look, you might be Jesus of Nazareth, but you don't have anything to do with our lives here. We're fine with the scribes who read to us from the law and keep things the way that they've always been. You keep your opinions to yourself. And of course, the Spirit, from its perspective, is right to try to silence Jesus. Because the very next question that comes out of its mouth is, have you come to destroy us? Remember, Jesus has real authority when he speaks Things happen. And it's not just 
the spirit who knows it, but the people who have heard him teach. This spirit makes, needs to make sure that no one takes seriously what Jesus has to say. If people start to take Jesus seriously, then they're going to start to take their relationship with God seriously. And if they take their relationship with God seriously, then the scribes, who have apparently been fine with this unclean spirit living in their community, won't be the ones calling the shots anymore. So then, finally, the spirit throws out one last sentence. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Again, this is the unclean spirit trying to prove its dominance over Jesus. Throughout the Gospel of Mark, Jesus will try to keep the fact that he is the Messiah a secret. But here, right after he's started his ministry, this spirit says, Hey Jesus, I know your secret. It sure would be a shame if someone told everyone what you really are and disrupted your plan. And so now, Jesus speaks and things happen. Jesus has heard enough from this spirit and commands it to be silent. And you may wonder why Jesus demands silence from the spirit when so far it's mostly been speaking the truth. Euthymius was a greatly respected priest and monk during the 4th and 5th centuries, and this is what he has to say about that question. He has taught us never to believe the demons, even when what they say is ostensibly true. For since they love falsehood and are most hostile to us, they never speak the truth except to deceive. They make use of the truth as a kind of bait. And to this, Athanasius adds his own words by writing, He put a bridle in the mouths of the demons that cried after him from the tombs. For although what they said was true, and they did not lie when they said, You are the Son of God and the Holy One of God, yet he did not wish that the truth should proceed from an unclean mouth, and especially from such as those who under pretense of truth might mingle it with their own malicious devices. In other words, Jesus orders the unclean spirit to be silent because even when it speaks the truth, it can't be trusted. Its nature is to rebel against God, so it uses the truth only when convenient for itself. It's the same scene that played out in the Garden of Eden when the serpent used just enough truth to confuse the man and the woman into sinning against God. So Jesus just says, enough, you're done talking now. There's no place for Jesus to have an open debate with the Spirit. There's no marketplace of ideas where Jesus is going to entertain the deception that the Spirit is trying to accomplish. Falsehoods and mistruths don't deserve to be treated as though they are debatable. And many of us are trying to navigate the ever-changing information landscape, especially in digital spaces. For a long time, the wisdom was that you don't feed the trolls by engaging with them. 
Or to put it in more plain English, the idea was that you don't bother to dignify people who are being malicious or deceitful with a response, because all you would be doing is giving them attention. But it's become clear over time that this approach does not work. Those who would seek to spread misinformation and confusion flourish and thrive when the truth remains silent. One wonders if Jesus had decided to ignore this unclean spirit, what would have happened? If he chose to tolerate the presence of lies and falsehoods, how many of the bystanders would have eventually agreed that Jesus had no place there? But Jesus doesn't make room for lies that would lead people astray. He silences the spirit and expels him, not just from this individual, but as a result from the community as well. With this dangerous presence gone, the people immediately recall what they had been saying just moments before all of this happened. This is a new teacher with authority. As followers of Christ, we are entrusted to act with the authority given to us by the Holy Spirit from God. We are entrusted with the same authority that Jesus uses to silence and expel this unclean spirit. This is both a blessing and a responsibility. It's a blessing because we can bless the world by speaking the truth. We can bless the world by having an authentic faith that is rooted in the good news of God's love. A faith that's not legalistic and exclusionary, but centered on the love of God and the love of neighbor. But it is a responsibility. Because the hard work of truth-telling begins within each and every one of us. It begins every time that we hear the voice of unclean spirits whisper to us, well, Jesus doesn't have anything to do with this. It begins every time we overlook a lie that we think helps us. It begins with the difficult work of calling upon the authority of Jesus Christ to cleanse our own hearts and minds and souls. This is difficult work, but it is necessary work. And it's natural for us to feel defensive when we turn the light of truth upon ourselves and we don't like what we see. The question is whether we can move past the defensiveness in order to let God restore us more fully to the image of God in which we've been created. As we do this work within ourselves and within our communities, it will not be easy. This unclean spirit does not go gentle into that good night, but rages at its fate. It convulses and screams as it is removed from their presence. Yet, this is work that we must do. We must silence the forces of confusion and deceit so that the world is able to hear the word of truth and justice. So let us take up the authority that has been given to us in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Let us have the courage to speak out against any of the unclean spirits that roam among us, whether it be any form of discrimination, violence, hatred, greed, selfishness, arrogance, or any other sin that you can think of. We are engaged in a battle against unclean spirits. But so long as we have truth and love, there is no power that can overcome us. Because when Jesus speaks, things happen. Amen. Would you please pray with me? God of truth and love, send your spirit upon us to cleanse our own hearts and minds of the unclean spirits that seek to control us. Equip us with your authority so that we might go into the world as emissaries of your truth, casting out the forces of sin and death. Amen.